This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. Yes. Hmm. As always, I feel so grateful to be able to connect in this way, transcending time and space, rising above the battlefield together. Here in Vermont, December 2022, it is snowing today. I went for a walk with Bodhi in the snow. Sattva seems to want to stay in. He spent so much time out in the bitter cold yesterday. It actually started to scare me. I don't know how their paws stay warm when it's 12 degrees and they're walking around out there. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yes, as I'm watching the snow come down, this is what's on my mind. My name's Jennifer Hadley. And I love A Course in Miracles. I am so grateful for these teachings which have helped me so much to change my mind and to change my experience, to change my emotional life, and to change my circumstantial life, my relationships. Oh my goodness, am I grateful. So let's begin with a blessing. I invite you to place your hand on your heart. Let's take that breath of love and gratitude together. Gratitude is our most basic spiritual practice, being grateful for what is even when we don't like it, being grateful for things as they are, knowing that everything works together for our good and there are no exceptions except in the opinion of the ego. So we are not an ego. We are not a body. We are pure spirit, holy and free. So we are grateful to give away any thoughts of fear, worry, doubt, shame, blame, regret, resentment, all the blocks to love. Resolve and dissolve permanently back to the root cause so we never experience them again. We are no longer interested in suffering. We are opening our heart and our mind to recognize and remember that we're already as holy as holy can be. We are already free. And so we're sharing the benefits with all. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. So our topic this week is grief and death. And uh, for those who have been listening lately, I'm going to go back to the obstacles to peace, but this felt very timely. And as I talked about in my uh, spiritual inspiration this Sunday, December, my blog, my daily shot of spiritual espresso, which anyone can sign up for, it's free. I send out a prayer. I send out inspiration every single day. Um, For those who... Uh, get that and read that. I sent out some inspiration for Sunday, December 11th about grieving through the holidays in preparation for a three-part class that I'm offering later in the week, grieving through the holidays. And I got the inspiration to do this class Because someone I know 
had a relative who took their own life. And um, I've, I've known many, many people who have had uh, close loved ones in their own lives. And I have been a spiritual counselor to people whose parents, their siblings, their spouses, their children have taken their own lives. And so I've held their hands, held their hearts close. And what I've come to see is that Grief during the holidays is so intensely challenging. And as I wrote in my spiritual espresso, it was the day before Thanksgiving in 2007 that I was visiting my parents, my brother and his children, his wife and children were visiting my parents up in Maine. And my mother had been sick for a couple of years. She had a diagnosis of terminal cancer. And uh, in the day before Thanksgiving in 2007, my parents called me and my brother into uh, my father's office slash den in the main house and told us that mom had now moved into hospice care. And when when i was in ministerial school i became very interested in healing spiritual healing i became interested in the work of quimby of mary baker eddy of oh all the spiritual healers goldsmith etc of course, Ernest Holmes. And one of the things that I learned about during that time was the difference between someone who is uh, ill and looking for healing and someone who is ill and looking for palliative care. Palliative care is the kind of care where they ease your pain. And hospice, when someone has been uh, designated that they're moving from uh, the kind of care that is supposed to precipitate healing to the kind of care that is focused on comfort, they're moving into hospice. And so this day before Thanksgiving in 2007, my parents said, Mom is now in hospice. And so, of course, that was a game changer for us. Everything suddenly looked differently, uh, different to us. And what I began immediately to see is this is the last Thanksgiving with my mom. And so going through the holidays, we, we were grieving. We were grieving while she was still alive. My father especially because he'd done so much, he'd worked so hard for years to keep her alive, to save her life. And now he was in the process of having to accept, as we all were, that he he couldn't keep her alive. The doctors couldn't keep her alive. She couldn't keep herself alive. That is not what's happening here now. She is um, moving towards leaving our human experience in this lifetime. And so there was no one for whom it was more stressful than my dad because uh, they got together when they were both 21. They got married when they were 22. They had me 10 months after they got married. And uh, so it just... And now my father was about to turn 70 years old. And so almost 50 years they had been together. And what I saw was it became a time of first there were the lasts 
this last Thanksgiving, the last Christmas, the last New Year's, the last Valentine's Day, the last uh, my dad's birthday in January, the last one with her. Uh, February was the last Valentine's Day. And then she passed away on um, March 10th. And so then after she passed away, it became the first Easter without her. It became the first birthday, her birthday without her, my brother's birthday without her, and on and on, each one of the grandchildren, and then the first 4th of July. I mean, it just, it goes on and on, right? So first there's the last, if you, if the person does not pass away suddenly, then you have the last this, the last that, and then you have the first without them. So it's, um, and a lot of people pass away around the holidays. It's just very high rate of transition. And that is statistically true. Um, I, I remember as a minister starting to notice that and then realizing, oh, this is a statistical fact around the world that more people pass away at this time than any other. Why precisely? Don't know. We could speculate. I don't know if it's worth it. But one of the things I can say for a fact, as I see it, that with Christmas, you have the surgence of Christ energy because more people are focused on Christ, not just Jesus, but Christ. So Jesus attained Christhood is how I think of it. He's not the only one, right? So in his human experience, he attained Christhood. He remembered the Christ within so completely that the Christ revealed itself in him as him, his true nature. And we're all on that same pathway. Even more shall we do. And... So there's more Christ energy at this time of year. Does that have to do with why more people make their transition? I don't know, but it might. I also know that, as I experience it, the time between Christmas and Easter is a time of resurrection energy increasing, 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 steadily increasing, and that that is what precipitates the spring uh, all around us in the northern hemisphere. And I presume it's the same in the southern hemisphere, but um, I don't know that they have the same experience as us. I I went through winter in Hawaii, and um, was I doing the podcast then? Yes, of course I was. So... Um, Hawaii has winter, but it's not much different than fall or spring. Uh, it's it's a little cooler than summer. That's what I can say. The temperatures don't vary much uh, with the seasons in Hawaii. Some, it's noticeable for sure, but not a lot. And so Christmas is the time of Christ. Christ is the light that shines away the illusion of darkness. And this is a time when we can have so much healing. It is one of the reasons why I personally put the pedal to the metal on classes and offering deeply healing classes so I, I did the Forgiven Be Free before Thanksgiving to support people and having healing in their family. I did the family relationship healing class classes. And uh, we're doing all the forgiveness letter workshops in the Power of Love ministry. Uh, I'm just now in the process of the Undoing Unworthiness classes. 
And next week, inspired by some events um, of people passing that I'm aware of, I, at least I think it precipitated that, I got a really strong message from Spirit, do a class on grieving through the holidays. So this is not a topic I've ever done a class on before, but I felt it so, so strongly. So uh, that was supposed to be a time for me doing other things. And um, I just let Spirit guide me, and that's why I'm doing this. So if you're interested, go to jenniferhadley.com and you can find the the grief class there. And um, it starts Thursday, December 15th. And it's the 15th, the 17th, and the 18th. 15th, 17th, and the 18th. And you can also find the sign-up page at jenniferhadley.com slash grieving jenniferhadley.com slash grieving yeah so if it calls to you by the way everyone who's a masterful living this year and next year gets this as a free bonus so adding another bonus for everyone who's already registered and everyone who registers before this class starts so, on this topic of grief and grieving, uh, it, there are so many things to say. It's very, and I'm sure that we'll have a lot of beautiful dialogue and discussion in the class. And looking at it from A Course in Miracles perspective. And I've heard many stories, though I haven't witnessed it myself really, but I've heard many stories of A Course in Miracles students who've had experiences that were painful for them. Because uh, they were grieving, and someone in their Course in Miracles group or circle or community said something to them that was very disrespectful, like, um, well, this is an, this is an illusion anyway. <laughs> yeah, it is an illusion. But what's the illusion for? What's the illusion for? The illusion <clears throat> is for us to have experience and to come to value the unity of all life. And so in that valuing the unity of all life, number one, we recognize that our brothers and sisters are our salvation. And when someone is grieving, they are definitely in the experience of the illusion and I think we need to respect that and realize that yes healing is occurring even through the grief and grief can be incredibly stressful I've never seen my father so stressed nor have I been so stressed than in the last couple months of my mother's life. For so many reasons. My, my, the protocols for my mother's care were changing almost every day. We got a, um, a whiteboard to write it down and keep track of it because we couldn't remember it. That was one of the things about the stress like if my father was doing something in the house and I I said to him, Hey dad, do you know where the light bulbs are that go to the 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 mirror in the bathroom? He would get upset with me. He'd say, You're interrupting me. Now I can't remember what I was doing. Please don't interrupt me. Now it seems so innocuous, but he would get really angry and 
it, it, he wasn't angry about me or the light bulb. He was hurt, hurting inside. He was in fear uh, uh, for so many reasons around my mother's experience and her care. And he was stressed about losing his partner. So I, I understood that. So actually my solution was to get a pad of paper and write my questions down on the pad of paper. So when he felt like it, he could go look at the pad of paper and find, and answer the questions, go look for the light bulbs, whatever it was. Because it was very stressful. We would find ourselves doing something and then we'd go into a room as you know, we all have the experience. You go into the room and you're, <laughs> this is what I say to myself. I go, I know I came in here for something. There is a purpose to my coming in here and it's going to be remembered right here, right now. <laughs> Angels help me. But... um that time when my father was so stressed out, one of the things, I had some of the greatest healing in my life. And I'm not going to go into all that right now, but it, it gave me an opportunity to practice very deeply and consistently, as my mother's whole illness did. Gave me a chance to practice moment by moment, to be at peace, to choose joy, to and you think how can you choose joy when your mother is dying right in front of you but i learned to do it and our time together was mostly joyful it really was i was massaging her hands and her feet and her face and her arms and her legs with um wonderful essential oils and creams and talking with her and listening to her, sharing with her in ways that were very loving, very compassionate, very caring. She really appreciated it. I appreciated the time being with her, and she appreciated it as well. So that was deeply healing for both of us. Very, very healing for both of us. So it's not all intense, bad, scary, upsetting. It's not all that. We can choose to see it differently. So for me, one of the things I chose to focus on is my mother, myself, my father, every single one of us, we are eternal beings and we are not bodies we are eternal infinite spirit and this is our opportunity to love each other free of limiting thoughts and beliefs such as blame and shame and regret and resentment so i got to take each day as an opportunity to live without regrets or resentment and to be with my parents in a loving and compassionate way, to be unbotherable, to be able to be with their stress, their grief, their sadness, to not judge it, just to be with it, not to make a meaning of it, not to interpret it, to be gentle, kind, compassionate, caring, respectful, not to talk them out of it, very important, not to talk them out of it, and instead to be able to say, so what else are you thinking and feeling? You know, that sounds really difficult. This is one of the things that happens at the holiday time that I think is so important to discuss and to bring to the light, and that is that very often when people are very sick, especially around the holidays, and people are making their transition, especially around the holidays, other people don't know what to say and do. They just don't. And 
death can be frightening. Illness can be frightening to some people. Um, I know when I was in junior high school, one of my best friends, her brother died in a motorcycle accident. I did not know what to say to her. And after quite a while, she said to me, how come you never said anything to me when my brother died? And I just looked at her in the face and said, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say. So that's why it's so important to me to talk about what to say and how to handle it and how to be with people who are going through grief and stress. Uh, And for many people, it is the worst time in their life. I know for my father, it was absolutely the worst time in his life. And even though it wasn't easy, I was glad to be there with him. There is no place ever I would rather have been. To me, it was one of the most sacred opportunities I've ever had, if not the most sacred opportunity I ever had. And I'll always be grateful for it. Oh my goodness, it's time to take a break. Ah, My name is Jennifer Hadley, and you are listening to A Course in Miracles. We are intent on walking the talk and living the love day to day, moment by moment, bringing the darkness to the light, setting ourselves free. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you for coming to this place with me of real understanding, real letting go, real surrender. So, I haven't yet even given one quote from the course. I'm just talking about my own experience primarily. But let's look at Lesson 284. Lesson 284 in the workbook says, I can elect to change all thoughts that hurt. I can elect to change all thoughts that hurt. Now, before we even read this lesson, it's so small, it's so tiny. Let me just say, what this tells me, just this one sentence, I can elect to change all thoughts that hurt, is telling me that I can be willing. I can be willing. I can be willing. And That's all I need be. I don't have to figure out how to eliminate the thoughts that hurt. That is not my job. The how is not my job. My job is to be willing and to allow. So starting there, it feels much more manageable. That, okay, I can be willing and I can put the spirit in charge. That I can do that. I can do even if I'm laying on the floor in a puddle of tears. I can be willing to let the Holy Spirit into my awareness. Let my higher self be in charge of the thoughts that I will think today. So, lesson 284 I can elect change all thoughts that hurt. Loss is not loss when properly perceived. Loss is not loss when properly perceived. Now, if we go from here to the manual for teachers, the development of trust section, it talks about that there's going to be an undoing. 
that there's going to be a period of sorting out. And it talks about then a period of relinquishment. And it says, if this is interpreted as giving up the desirable, it will engender enormous conflict. So when our loved ones pass away, one of the things that comes up for healing is the attachments that we have to people, also to pets, to places, because grief and loss can occur in many different areas of our life. So if we can see that we have attachments right now, we have attachments to people, to places, to things, to animals, We have attachments to all kinds of things, and all attachments are the root causes of suffering. So if we can see, oh, I have attachments to my grandson. I have attachments to my daughter, to my wife, to my friend, to my job. I have attachments. The thought of losing them makes me fearful and crazy. We don't have to give the people up. I say this all the time. I know, forgive me if it sounds like I just keep repeating myself all the time. But we forget that when there's a threat of loss, there is the threat of the attachment coming up for healing. Well, let's not wait till there might be a loss. Let's have a healing now. We don't have to have things taken away from us or ripped from us. And we are not being punished when our loved ones die or when our jobs are taken away or our house burns down or we have to declare bankruptcy. Nobody is being punished. Oh, my God. My dog and my cat just got up on the... They're playing games. Okay. <laughs> okay, you too. Okay. <laughs> they make me laugh. Oh. If, if you're ever interested, you know, I put pictures of them on my blog all the time and in social media and stuff like that. So if you're interested in in that, you can... You can find, see those pictures. So the third stage through which the teacher of God must go can be called a period of relinquishment. If this is interpreted as giving up the desirable, it will engender enormous conflict. Now, just to be clear, we don't have to give up our relationship with our niece, but we give up the attachment to the relationship with our niece. They are two different things. And I would say, just give it up to the Holy Spirit and allow the attachment to be undone. It's also part of making the relationship holy. So when there's attachment, there's codependency. This is dysfunction. Wouldn't you like to have a holy relationship with the people in your life instead of special relationships, codependent relationships? Of course you would. So be willing, be willing to just keep handing things over to the Holy Spirit for healing. Now, let's go back to the lesson that we were looking at here. Loss is not lost when properly perceived. Pain is impossible. There is no grief with any cause at all. And suffering of any kind is nothing but a dream. Lesson 284. Loss is not loss when properly perceived. Pain is impossible. There is no grief with any cause at all. And suffering of any kind is nothing but a dream. This is the truth. At first, to be but said and then repeated many times. And next, to be accepted as but partly true with many reservations. Then, 
to be considered seriously more and more and finally accepted as the truth. I can elect to change all thoughts that hurt. And I would go beyond these words today and past all reservations and arrive at full acceptance of the truth in them. Father, what you have given cannot hurt. So grief and pain must be impossible. Let me not fail to trust in you today, accepting but the joyous as your gifts, accepting but the joyous as the truth. It's a very short lesson. So, I can elect to change all thoughts that hurt. Loss is not loss when properly perceived. Pain is impossible. There's no grief with any cause at all. And suffering of any kind is nothing but a dream. Sorry, Bodhi is eating a chew toy in the background here. But that's what needs to happen now. (laughs) And Sattva, my cat, is watching him. Her. (laughs) Okay. Now... Here's the thing. If we're grieving, intensely grieving, the loss of a pet or a person, a job, maybe the loss of a limb, the loss of the ability to see or to hear, uh, or any other kind of an experience of loss that feels like our identity is being shaken, like our happiness will no longer be possible. To say to someone, loss is not loss when properly perceived, pain is impossible, there is no grief with any cause at all, and suffering of any kind is nothing but a dream, that can seem heartless. It can seem as though we are cruel. So we need to be mindful of that because when we're ego identified to be told these kinds of things, it, it, it just it feels like, oh, these people don't understand. They don't know what I'm talking about. They don't know what I'm going through. They're crazy. One of the things about grief is that There's not an acceptance of what is. And part of what is, is that we are eternal. Our life is eternal. So one of the things that can help us is to, if we're the ones who are grieving. Now, if somebody else is grieving, Really, these Course in Miracles teachings are probably not going to help initially. But they can help us help someone else. Because if we are standing in the light of the truth, and we're standing next to someone who's grieving, then our simply knowing the truth can be helpful. Remember that in the workbook, Jesus says, you don't have to believe any of this. Just do the lessons. That's all I'm asking. Do the lessons. Don't have to believe it. What I find is many people read the lessons, but they don't do the lessons. So they don't experience the healing. They appreciate the teaching but they don't experience the healing. I've talked with many people who will say things like, Jennifer, I was in a study group for six years. I I didn't really have any healing. In six months of Masterful Living, I've had amazing healing. I I can't believe it. It's like I, I never even understood what A Course in Miracles said before. It's not that. It's just, it's so completely different when we're actually working the lessons. And that working the lessons 
in a community of people who are working the lessons is, oh, <laughs> I, I feel like it is just a tremendous gift from God to be in this active conversation with people who are truly hungering and thirsting for insight and clarity and freedom from all the insanity. It is, it is such an honor and a privilege. It really is. Now, I'd, I'd like to go back to the um, manual for teachers here, which talks about death. Uh, in fact, there's a whole chapter here, and it's um, pulling it up right now. I had it here. Here it is. Oh, I passed it. What is death? It's chapter 27. Death is a central dream from which all illusions stem. Death is the central dream from which all illusions stem. Think of this. So Jesus tells us that we're one with God eternally. So separation, the mechanism of separation, thinking, ego thought system, is assisted by this idea that we're not eternal. We're born to die. He goes on, he says, Is it not madness to think of life as being born, aging, losing vitality, and dying in the end? We have asked this question before, but now we need to consider it more carefully. It is the one fixed unchangeable belief of the world that all things in it are born only to die. This is regarded as the way of nature, not to be raised to question, but to be accepted as the natural law of life. The cyclical, the changing and unsure, the undependable and the unsteady, waxing and waning, in a certain way, upon a certain path, all this is taken as the will of God. It's taken as the will of God, right? That everything is born to die, but it's not. And Jesus says, No one asks if a benign creator could will this. In this perception of the universe as God created it, it would be impossible to think of him as loving. So you see, if we're born to die, then our creator is unloving, not to be trusted, to be feared. You see how that works in the ego thought system? If we're born to die, then God cannot be trusted. God is killing us. Who else would kill us? Insanity. Yet, this is what the way we're raised, this is what we're taught. And are we not also shown this, I was going to say fairy tale, but it's not a fairy tale, it's, it's more of a goblin tale, that God so loved the world that he sacrificed his only child. That is the craziest thing ever. That is the craziest thing ever when you think about it from A Course in Miracles perspective. So in this, this chapter in the Manual for Teachers, number 27, What is Death? He, he, he says here, Death has become life's symbol. God's world is now a battleground where contradiction reigns and opposites make endless war. Where there is death, is peace impossible? Right? And that's, we've been looking at the obstacles to peace the last couple of episodes. So, 
peace is impossible where there is death, where we believe that we are not eternal, but born to die. Death is the symbol of the fear of God. Aha! That's what death is. Let's just take that in. Death is the symbol that represents the fear of God, that represents our fear that God is mad at us for choosing separation, that God is mad at us for hating on people. God is mad at us and will punish us for withholding love, for being unkind, for being cruel, for being judgmental, for being sexual, for having too much cake, for enjoying the pleasures of life, for watching pornography, all these things that God is going to punish us for because we're bad, bad, bad to the bone. Where there is death, peace is impossible. Death is the symbol of the fear of God. Hmm. So, we fear death, and we fear our loved ones dying. We fear our pets dying. You notice I'm talking more and more about pets now that I have two living with me, (laughs) two precious beings that I love so much. I'm just sitting here in this awareness that the belief in loss and disconnection from our loved ones that we can't be happy without them, that there will be no love without them. It's pure ego. And it's not that we're doing something wrong by thinking those thoughts and having those feelings. What is occurring? Let's just look at it correctly. What is occurring is our fear of God our fear of life, our fear of love, all these fears are coming up for healing when we're experiencing deep grief. The fear of loss is triggering this deep sense of loss we have because we think we're living a life separate from God. And that we can't get out of it. We can't get our way back to the garden. We can't get our way back to heaven, to the real world. And we're being punished and we've got to submit to this. And there's nothing we can do. Life is just going to be one long, hellish, painful experience. That is the perspective that the deep abiding grief is bringing up for healing. So the antidote to that is knowing the truth, being interested in the truth, being willing to value the truth, to love the truth, because the truth sets us free from the grief. It really does. And the important thing to understand is We don't have to know how. We just have to be willing. We just have to be willing. That's all. That's all. That's all. Indeed. In the section on reincarnation, Jesus says, All that needs to be recognized is birth is not the beginning and death is not the end. What I would add to that is we are eternal. Our relationships are eternal. Our love is eternal. And let us not fall for the illusion and the delusion that things are temporary 
and that they only exist in this world. So sometimes there's grief at the what seems like the end of a relationship. I've certainly had that uh, with men in my life and and friends too, uh, romantic relationships and friendships. Uh, I've had great grief over what seems like the end of those relationships. And what I found healing from is recognizing, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm eternal. This relationship is eternal because I'm an eternal being in a relationship with another eternal being. And so this relationship will continue. It may look very different, but it's continuing. The relationship cannot end. So maybe we're taking a break. We're not going to talk to each other anymore for a while or for this lifetime. Let me not go into despair and regret and all of that. Instead, let me focus on next time we are connected in a human experience of relationship Let it be joyful. Let me do everything that is mine to do to release the patterns of belief that have been so devastating in this relationship. Now, I'm almost at the end here. I'd just like to say that my experience is in counseling many people who are experiencing uh, loved ones who've committed suicide or died suddenly or died a painful death and things like that is the more grief there is oftentimes it is related to feeling guilty about how they were in the relationship so self-forgiveness can relieve all of that but sometimes people do not wish to forgive themselves they wish to punish themselves and so they allow the pain and the suffering to continue, but it doesn't have to be that way. Just saying. My Grieving Through the Holidays class is this week. Thursday, December 15th is the start. Registration for next year's Masterful Living is open now. Come get your bonuses like the grief class that are happening right now. New Year's Reboot is January 2nd. I love you. We are grateful, so let us place our hand on our heart and be grateful and thankful that the love of God is all that there is. The love of God is all that we are. We are having a transformation. We let it continue with ease and grace, sharing the benefits with everyone. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen, amen. God bless.